0: Welcome to the Life on the Upcycle podcast. I'm Ashley Titus, a coffee obsessed cloth diaper loving working mother with a master's degree in environmental management. Each week I'll be bringing you interviews from experts with tools to help your busy family live a more eco-friendly centered life. In a world that's constantly demanding you to show up, you won't have to worry about that here. I'll do the heavy lifting. So relax and enjoy. And together, let's love Earth big, because she's the only one we've got. Welcome to the Life on the Upcycle podcast. Today is the first episode of a mini fall series, and I am so excited to have you listening along. So thank you so much. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Megan Forrest Farmer. We talk about her new mission to kickstart a garment factory that is utilizing sustainable fabrics and empowering women who are often overlooked. So a little overarching background, because I love to provide that in every single episode. One of the key problems currently in the fashion world is the amount of plastics in our clothing. According to the United Nations Environmental Program, laundry alone causes about half a million tons of plastic microfibers to be released into the ocean every year. And microfibers are these tiny little particles of plastic that come off of our laundry. And that happens um, when they're washed. Just to wrap our minds around how much half a million tons truly is, that's about the same equivalent of almost 3 billion polyester shirts. This happens because water treatment plants either aren't set up to capture these microfibers. It's still kind of recent that we found out that microfibers exist, that they're a problem. And also, too, it's because they're not being mandated to capture some of these microfibers. So about 40% of microfibers are being released into lakes, oceans, and rivers. In this episode, we'll learn more about the Bright Factory, and Megan provides some incredible tips at the end of the show on how to shop sustainably. Currently, The Bright Factory is actually in their last few days of their Kickstarter campaign. If you feel motivated, please join me in being a part of something incredible. Um, You can find The Kickstarter campaign by going to www.kickstarter.com. And from there, you'll find, if you just search The Bright Factory, that'll link you to Megan and her crew. Megan Forrest Farmer has woven her way through the fashion pipeline over the past 10 years, but she currently works as a fashion stylist, both on photo shoot sets and in the wardrobes of her personal styling closet. After learning of the unfortunate darker side of the fashion industry, and specifically within garment manufacturing, she made sustainability and ethical fashion a mission for her personal and professional life. In today's conversation, we'll dig a little bit more into that, and we're going to learn about how Megan went from working in the world of fashion to the her newest idea and business venture of The Bright Factory. The Bright Factory is a cut and sew factory in Fort Worth, Texas, creating sustainable t-shirts by the hands of women who have been given another chance. When she's not on a photo shoot set or running a business, she enjoys being a goofball with her amazing husband, karaoke and dance parties, and serving her community and church. I know that y'all are going to absolutely love Megan because I enjoyed this conversation so much and personally got so much from it. So without further ado here's Megan. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have been over the moon about this interview for several weeks now. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about?
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I was so excited when you reached out. I love the podcast. So excited and honored to be here. Um, Yes. My name is Megan Forrest Farmer. I'm the founder of The Bright Factory, and I am just really passionate about justice and also joy. Um, and I get to infuse both of those things in my new business, The Bright Factory.
0: I love that. Justice and joy. What I really love, too, is, is how you bring kind of like an, a personal approach to The Bright Factory, not just in um, making it personal, like you said, justice and joy, um, but then also to like putting your own personality into things. So it's like got this educational component, but then also to kind of gives us a look into who you are and your daily life and kind of like that fun side of things like your TikTok videos are <laughs> amazing. Oh my gosh,
1: TikTok. <laughs> Never thought I'd be on there, but yes. It's right? It's I
0: know. Fun. It is a lot of fun. So where can listeners go to find you in the Bright Factory?
1: So you can always go to our Instagram, it's just at the Bright Factory, everything's spelled normally. Um, Same with Facebook, at the Bright Factory TX, I think there's an extra little thing there. Um, And then our website is www.thebrightfactory.co. And currently we are in the month of September. So we are running a crowdfunding campaign that will last through September 30th. So if you're tuning in during that time, backthebrightfactory.com is where you can go. Perfect.
0: So I'd like to dig into that a little bit more. Tell us about The Bright Factory and your Kickstarter campaign.
1: Yes. So The Bright Factory kind of came at an intersection in my life. I have worked in the fashion industry for over 10 years, just in different roles and jobs. Um, And over my time, Just like any job, you start to see kind of the underside of things behind the curtain, especially in the fashion industry. It's a really beautiful curtain. But once you peek behind it, you can't kind of unsee some of what you see. And with the collapse of Rana Plaza in 2013, which was a garment factory um, that collapsed in Bangladesh, I started to become more aware and doing my own research and realizing. How sad and tragic the fashion industry really was. And it was at the cost of the garment worker being exploited and having to do things at an undignified place, at an undignified rate, all those things. So, as I was learning all of this, I realized I wanted to do something about it in my own life and wanted to shop differently, work differently, do all of these things. So, I educated myself a little bit on ethical fashion, sustainability, all those buzzwords um, and what they really meant and how to apply them in my life. I also started a personal styling business to help others do that in their own closets because I realized it was really hard if you don't know all the lingo Um, and people want to make better choices. They just don't always know how or to invest the time that it takes to do all of the research. So all of that was happening. um, And I was really enjoying this new sustainability journey I was on. And at the same time, I've always done volunteer work, whether that was working with women who have been affected by the sex industry in some way and been trafficked or um, visiting women in jail or working with youth. And currently I still visit women in jail and I had started that back in 2020. And every time I would go visit, I would just hear the same thing often. And that was, I can't wait to get out of here and turn my life around and take care of my kids and get a good job. And to me, having not been to jail before or have a felony on my record, I thought, well, that'll be really easy. Just go get a job. Sounds like a normal thing to all of us. Um, But after talking to more women and doing more research, I realized it's really hard to get a job. If you have spent any time in jail or prison or have any kind of criminal record for multiple reasons in our society. And all of these things kind of started to connect around the same time, realizing how difficult it was to get a job. I was seeing these women who were ready to turn their lives around. And a lot of them had ended up in this place on the other side of the glass from me because of circumstances that they'd ended up in or choices that had been made for them that I just hadn't been presented in my life. And if I had been presented, maybe I would have made the same choices as them. They had all this potential and creativity and all of these things, and they deserved to have dignity restored whenever they got out of jail and not just be pushed back into the cycle. And then I saw this industry, this fashion industry that was really stripping people of dignity in the way that they were exploiting workers, in the way that we as the consumer are kind of exploiting workers by not paying attention to where things come from and kind of turning a blind eye because we don't want to know how did our t-shirt from insert name of whatever store you shop at cost $5. We don't want to think about it because if you think about it, then we have to do something about it. So all of these things were happening. And I felt like, you know, there's not a lot of great options out there to find t-shirts, like sustainably made, ethically made, good fabric, made in the U.S. so that there's transparency because I live in the U.S. so I can have more transparency into what I'm buying or creating. There's not a lot of just blank t-shirts. You know, the t-shirt that your favorite coffee shop prints their logo on or your favorite business um, just puts their slogan or what you wear to the gym or all of those things. But that's not an easy thing to find. And all of these things happened at once. And I felt like I was supposed to start a factory. (laughs) It was an overwhelming thought because I don't have a manufacturing background. It's a totally different vein of the fashion industry, as you can imagine. So I just started doing research and taking classes and figuring out what it would look like to start a garment factory here in Fort Worth, Texas, where I live, and employ formerly incarcerated women to make sustainable blank t-shirts with organic cotton grown here in Texas milled in North Carolina. So we'd have a supply chain that is transparent. All these things that I want to see in a product, why can't I just do it myself? As you can also imagine, that comes with a lot of equipment and machinery and things to make the t-shirts and ways to pay your employees and setting up a business just like normal, but then add a bunch of equipment on top. So the idea to um, host a Kickstarter campaign for the month of september which kickstarter is just a crowdfunding platform if anyone is unfamiliar to really bring the community in to bring other people because this is not about me as a founder this is about getting to create jobs here in my backyard in fort worth and involve the community make a t-shirt for my favorite coffee shop down the road it's really about bringing more people into this so by having a campaign like kickstarter hosted we're able to bring more people in and they feel like they've got a piece of the pie that they've invested in a sense to be able to create this amazing company that we are creating.
0: That sounds absolutely incredible. Don't you love it in those moments in life where all of these random things just kind of happen to collide And to everyone else, it sounds crazy, but it just makes so much sense in those moments. It's like everything in your past, everything that you've done has just collided to this one moment.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's wild.
0: I love your story, Megan. It's absolutely beautiful. And Oh, thank you. What I really love is about how, you know, your mission, but also to the holistic approach. What's interesting too, because you talked about the social issues that that horrific event in India domino effected, made the entire world aware of as far as fashion goes. And then two, from me being on the environmental side, this similar approach happened is we started to learn about all of these different fabric colors that were being used in different countries that were harming the waterways and causing birth defects and awful, Mm -hmm. awful situations. And so, yeah, yeah, like you said, like once you see those things, you can't unsee them. And so that fast fashion hurts so many people's lives in the process of it. But I love that you're taking something and putting it local, yeah. like you said, adding in that transparency is one of the things too, with, I'm, I know that you know this, but just for the listeners, when garment companies are across seas, one thing that we don't realize is, is that we may be reducing our carbon footprint here in the United States, that profile, but ultimately we're not right. Because those countries have less regulations than we do here. Right. So yes, we're paying less for it, but in the big scale like scan of things like yeah. we're not because that's impacting everything and those people individually over there, which is like you said, wrong on so many levels, but then also to like the entire world as a whole, because those CO2 emissions, those go up for everybody. Yeah. love what you're doing. That's so cool that it's local here in Texas. Can you tell me a little bit too about like your Kickstarter campaign? Where can, I don't know if you
1: mentioned earlier, where can people go to find that? Um, so it's at www.backthebrightfactory.com. You can also find it at our website or Instagram, all of those places. So yes, it'll run through September 30th. So check it out if it, if you hear this before then.
0: Awesome. So T, you talked a little bit about the fabric. Why did you select that specific fabric?
1: So fabric sourcing is such a journey. <laughs> and anybody who is trying to start a fashion line in general and do it more sustainably, you have to learn a lot about fabrics because... Everything can infect the earth or people or there's just so many things. Once once that same thing, once you learn it, you kind of can't unsee. So initially, we really wanted to use hemp actually for environmental reasons and just a really amazing crop, but it's really hard to get in the U.S. right now. Hemp is not necessarily being grown for fabric purposes. It's being grown for other purposes. Mm -hmm. So we wanted it to be something grown in the U.S. for that transparency element. And organic cotton is a natural fiber it can return to the earth one day basically it can decompose whereas polyester synthetic materials that are in pretty much all of our clothing doesn't decompose for over 200 years so that creates an environmental issue for us what is, what are we doing once you've passed it on to your sister and then she put it in the thrift store and then it went to another country okay that's great it stayed in you know the supply chain for longer but Then when somebody can't wear it anymore, where does it go if it can't decompose? It just takes up space that we don't necessarily have. So it was important for us to have a natural fiber. So organic cotton was the way we, the route we went, and we were able to find it from a place that was grown here in Texas, milled in North Carolina. So we could go and visit that mill if we needed to. We can have transparency. There's just a lot of really great things about it being domestic to us. Not that we think every operation overseas is doing things negatively. Right. That's not at it at all. It's just challenging for me to take a flight <laughs> overseas to go make sure everything's going well than to take a car ride to North Carolina or to Texas. And we just have different regulations and we're supposed to be paying a certain wage and all of those things, which that can be faked no matter where you live. But I have more of an opportunity to check on those things if it's local and domestic to me. Um, So that was super important to us as well.
0: Absolutely. And I think you brought up a really great point. Like there are several companies, I'm sure there's hundreds out in the world that are paying people ethically and doing things the correct way. Yes. Yeah. I love that you're able to check that out locally. And then also too, it, it also um, reduces the travel time that, you know, from, Texas to North Carolina, like so much less than absolutely taking it on a, a ship liner across the sea, you know?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Can you tell us too? I think that you mentioned that there are three different designs that you're starting out with.
1: Yes. So to keep things simple for multiple reasons, um, one of those being uh we're gonna be hiring women who most likely don't have an industrial sewing background. I don't have an industrial sewing background. I'm not gonna expect that from anybody that we're hiring. So There will be needed training for that. Um, And we wanna make sure that we um, are creating an opportunity for early mastery um, so that people, whether you've been incarcerated or traumatized or not in your life, you would love to be able to master your project at work early on. It makes you feel confident in what you're doing. So we wanna provide that opportunity. So by having three t shirt styles to start with, we can provide the opportunity for early mastery. And we also aren't wasting. So that's another thing we really wanna be wise about. The nature of creating anything new is unsustainable, unfortunately. So if we are going to create something new, we're going to do our best to not make waste. So made to order, taking in orders and making it then. um, We want to make sure that we're just doing as low waste as possible. So by creating just three designs, we should be able to do that. So we've got our first, which is called the classic. And it is your kind of based off your classic vintage inspired t-shirt. Number two is the retro. It's a little bit more oversized and fit, has a thicker collar, longer sleeve, more oversized. And then number three is our everyday. And that is a lighter weight cotton. Um, You could wear it underneath something by itself, but it's that t-shirt you could wear literally every day. It's just a little bit lighter weight. And so those are the three styles we're starting with.
0: That sounds incredible. And your sizes are unisex. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Unisex sizing, we go from small to 3X. Awesome. I am so excited
0: to see your new designs and for y'all to get started. So anyone who's listening, please check out the Bright Factory. And if it's within this uh, Kickstarter campaign, this is an incredible company that is trying to do better. So help jump on and be a part of this incredible movement. Your background is in styling. Yes. Uh, Would you mind giving us some sustainable styling tips that we can utilize going forward?
1: Yes, absolutely. My favorite thing to say is shop your own closet. Number one, you probably have things in there that are great, that you were attracted to for a reason, that maybe just need a little bit of tweaking in the way you've been styling them to fit your ideal style. So make sure you know what your ideal style is, go through some exercises Create a Pinterest board. Do what you got to do to make sure you know. Okay, this is my style. This is who I am. What I want to portray to the world, and makes me feel confident and comfortable. So make sure you know that. Shop your closet, and then when you are ready to buy new or new to you, try to shop secondhand. There's a huge secondhand market out there with lots of options. And then if you absolutely can't find secondhand and you need to buy new, new to you, then try to find an ethical brand and look for really transparent things on their websites, things like the type of fabric they're using, where they're making their product, who's making it, what they're paying them. If they're willing to expand on those things, then they're probably a good to go company. But you kind of have to do your research, which a lot of us don't want to take the time to do because it can be arduous, but it's worth it to know what you're supporting, who you're supporting. Shop your own closet when you're ready to buy new then do your research a little bit about the brand you're supporting. And there's lots of resources for that now. When I first started out, there were not as many resources. And now there's blogs and newsletters and everything you can imagine that helps you to know, okay, this brand is doing what they say they're doing.
0: That's so true. And there's so many people on Instagram too, who yes. you can trust, who've vetted a lot of those companies. I love that. That's such great advice. Also too, and another thing is, is that I think like those things are really difficult at first Finding the research. Any time you start something new, it's difficult. But then the second that you find those brands that you really love, then you really don't have to do anything more, right? Like totally. You can, of yes. course, yeah. You can find new stuff that you're interested in, but then you're golden. Or at least that's that's what I've experienced. Totally. I'm curious. Do you have a few favorite secondhand stores in Fort Worth?
1: Yes. Okay. So there is their clothes mentors, which is there's a lot of locations of those because they're franchised. Uptown Cheapskate, I think. Yeah, Uptown Cheapskate. I love Uptown Cheapskate. They can like sometimes be a little bit younger depending on what you're looking for, but I've I've found things there multiple times, even when I'm like least expecting it. I really love the family thrift outlet. It's kind of near River Oaks area of Fort Worth. They do like, I forgot what you call it, but the price changes every day. So it goes from $2 to 25 cents. So you're never going to spend more than $2 on an item. But I found some gems there. If you're willing to really do the thrifting, and that's a little bit different than just regular secondhand shopping, you got to go a little more missional, (laughs) know what you're looking for. But yeah, those three are great in Fort Worth. Yeah. And then if you participate in clothing swaps, like looking for people who are doing those, that's really awesome. People host those at their own homes, but then also just At local events or things like that.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. I didn't even think about that. You could easily put together a clothing swap in your neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. What
0: great tips! Thank you, Megan, so much. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Absolutely. They're all very practical and applicable. We can all start doing them today. So I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much for coming on. I love talking to you. It's hard because you bring up so many good things that it's hard to pick what <laughs> one thing to talk about. I feel like I could talk to you forever. So thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, and I absolutely you. love your mission. And I hope yes. that our listeners have learned a ton because I know I have.
1: So thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I love what you're doing with the podcast. It's so necessary.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Wasn't that awesome? I think this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. So a few key takeaways that we just learned from Megan. Number one, thrifting. A second option is to attend or organize clothing swaps. Search for companies that utilize sustainable fabrics. Some of those fabrics include recycled cottons, organic cotton. One of my personal favorites is tinsel, hemp. YSL. I don't know if I'm saying that correct or not. Um, It's spelled L-Y-O-C-E-L-L. Murano wool is also a really great material to use um, with kiddos. It's so soft and actually pretty breathable. And those are just a few of those really sustainable fabrics that you can utilize. And then too, as Megan points out, when you're looking for a new company, make sure to see if they have something on their website that discloses their worker rights. That's super important. Thank you all so much again for joining me today on today's episode. If you would like to follow along or join our community group, we would love to have you. It's Love Earth Big and Facebook. All right, guys. Until then, Love Earth Big.